I'm Tom Schultz, host of Voices of Montana. Thanks for joining us for the podcast today, brought to you by Blackfoot Communications. Does your home qualify for a $70 discount on your internet bill? Blackfoot Communications is proud to partner with the FCC to help ensure that households can afford the broadband necessary for work, school, healthcare, and more. For more information on this federal program and to see if your household qualifies for a discount on your internet service, visit goblackfoot.com slash ACP. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Kyle Riley filling in for Tom Schultz here on Voices of Montana. Joining us this morning is Todd O'Hare and Charles Robinson from the Montana Chamber of Commerce. And we're going to have uh, State Senator Steve Fitzpatrick joining us here in about 20 minutes as well. But we're going to dis- discuss tort reform this morning. And first of all, let's bring on Todd and Charles. Gentlemen, how are you this morning? Great. Thanks for having us. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning. Well, the 68th regular session of Montana legislature has been underway for just over a month now. I know a lot is going on up in Helena over these past 30 plus days. But this morning, talking a little bit about tort reform and there are three, actually maybe four bills that are focused on that. And Todd, why don't you start us out? Sure. Well, um, the Montana Chamber of Commerce, you know, we're focused on trying to improve the overall business climate in Montana to try to grow our economy so that our kids and our grandkids have options and aren't forced to leave the state for good-paying jobs. And so as part of that broad effort, um, we're focused on how can we improve the business climate in Montana, not only for the sake of recruiting new business and new investment to the state of Montana, but also for our existing businesses so that they can continue to be successful and and grow. And so uh, under this broad umbrella of business climate, you've got things like tax reform and regulatory reform, and you've got legal environment and judicial environment, and all those sort of pieces comprise what makes a business climate or gives the perception of a business climate in a state. And so this year, um, similar to last year, the Montana Chamber of Commerce is focused on the tort reform piece underneath that broader umbrella. And that's largely due to the fact that Governor Gianforte has taken a very strong approach to the tax reform and the regulatory reform uh, through his administration. He's got a number of bills aimed at improving the tax climate in Montana for businesses. Of course, he's had the red tape um, relief uh, executive action that has been focused on trying to reduce the regulatory uh, burdens on Montana businesses. And so we've picked up the baton and said, you know what, we'll take on the tort reform piece because we know that uh, litigation, the threat of litigation to businesses is, is costly to businesses. It creates uncertainty, and it drives up insurance claims for all businesses, sure. um, regardless of what, what business that you're in. And so that's the big uh, tackle that we're trying to achieve during this legislative session is focused on that tort and that legal piece of what makes up the business climate perception in Montana. Okay. Now, the first bill that I wanted to discuss with you this morning is uh, Senate Bill 165, which deals with insurance claims cooperation. Uh, Barry Usher out of Senate District 20 is the primary sponsor, and it's talking about it's going to enhance cooperation, reduce litigation, and eliminate the incentive to set up 
an insurance company for bad faith claim cause of action. Can you go into the little more details on that? I, I'm going to kick this over to Charles. Okay. Robinson. Charles, Charles is our uh, attorney here at, Mon- at the Montana Chamber of Commerce, and he's our uh, government affairs director. So he, he gets into the, into the details on this, but it generally to speak is that, you know, we want to, we want to see these sort of insurance claims with, um, uh, that involve accidents and stuff to make sure that the parties are all cooperating. And sometimes we don't see that. And so I'll kick it over to Charles and let him kind of fill in some of the details. With an attorney, he can be much more articulate on this than I can. Absolutely. Charles, thanks for joining us. Can you share a little more on the uh, yeah. SB 165? Todd, you're giving lawyers too much credit, but I will take a stab at this. Um, <laughs> it's This is part of our effort to reduce frivolous lawsuits and promote those prompt, fair, and reasonable settlements when people are injured. Okay. Um, and bad faith claims um, are intended, the, the law has always been intended to, to penalize an insurance company that is that is not treating people fairly, that's not uh, investigating claims promptly and, and making a fair settlement offer. Um, however, there's been uh, a, a lot of reports of kind of an abuse of the common law bad faith uh, in in Montana, and Montana is unique in providing that kind of uh, legal structure. And uh, a, a lot of uh, both lawyers who defend claims and insurance companies and others and businesses say that this is a common tactic to extract money beyond an insurance claim. And uh, th- it basically boils down to um, insurance companies have a legal obligation to settle claims uh, promptly and to to move quickly through the settlement process and to make a fair offer. Um, And sometimes you'll see uh, a claimant uh, who's injured refuse to to turn over medical, uh, you know, the medical records or the car repair estimates, the things, the kind of documentation that's necessary for the insurance company to make a reasonable determination of the cost and make an offer. And so, and then the claimant will turn around and say, well, you're not doing this, you're not uh, settling this promptly, and you're not making a fair offer to me, so we're going to file an independent bad faith claim. And insurance companies tell us that really is part of driving up the cost of insurance in Montana. Kyle, I should note that uh, Montana is uh, the sixth highest um, state in the country for uh legal uh, liability costs, tort costs as a percentage of the state uh, GDP. Wow. And we look, and if we look at our insurance costs, Montana's homeowner's insurance and automobile insurance costs are higher than each of the neighboring states. You know, and all the neighboring states have, have a, a lot of deer on the road. They've got a lot of snow on the roads. They've got mountain passes, um, you know, uh, and, and, and livestock at large. Everything we have in Montana that relates to, you know, driving conditions uh, and, and similar conditions for, for homeowners too, property liability. And yet our insurance rates are so much higher than the surrounding states. And we think part of that is our litigation climate. Okay. And this particular bill, state bill one, or Senate Bill 165, is basically it's an insurance company's ability to fulfill its obligations being hindered because the claimants are failing to cooperate. And that's probably because they have acquired a lawyer that's saying, hey, we want to try and milk this out and, and set up a bad claim situation or, or bad faith claim. Is that correct? 
yeah, I tell you, that's what that's what a lot of companies and and lawyers who defend these cases that's that's what they tell okay. us, and and, um, and we and we see it as a driver of insurance costs. Okay, I mean, you can see, Kyle, that you know, there's you know a bill like this here. You know, it's pretty detailed. It's pretty into the weeds. It's it's not the most glamorous of sort of bills to bring forward. You know, but that's that's kind of what we do on behalf of the business community. Is that sure. we get into those things that aren't fun and they're not very glamorous and they're hard to explain but we believe they contribute to the overall cost of doing business in Montana. And so this is one of those ones that, you know, assuming we get this uh, pulled across uh, both chambers in the legislature and, and the governor to sign this bill, it's going to be a hard one to really brag about because it's hard to explain, but it's going to have you know, a substantial impact on the overall business climate in the state. Absolutely. If you can bring down insurance costs because they're not as concerned about all the uh, litigation that might come about from people not cooperating. It's a big help. We're talking with Todd O'Hare, the president and CEO of the Montana Chamber of Commerce, and Charles Robinson. Charles is the uh, government affairs director for the Montana Chamber, talking about three bills dealing with tort reform that are being brought forth here in the 68th legislative session. And the first one we've been talking about, Senate Bill 165, Insurance Claims Cooperation Another one we're going to be talking about here after the break is with uh, Steve Fitzpatrick, who is our senator out of Senate District 10. He is sponsoring that. So we'll save SB 216 for a moment, but let's move on to SB 236, who is dealing with set standards for time-limited demands. And Charles, can you tell us a little more about that? Well, here's another exciting bill, Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, insurance law, um, I mean, there there are drier subjects, but... um, uh, we'll we'll stick with this one for now. So uh, this is kind of another side of the same coin um, when we talk about cooperating in insurance claims, and there, it's it's a little different legal tactic for extracting money beyond an insurance claim, but but the same broad concept applies. And that is uh, when uh, when when someone is injured, it, it's entirely appropriate to send a letter to the uh, you know relevant insurance company saying, hey, here's uh, my injury, and and here's the uh, the documentation of that, and uh, you know, I expect you to settle this claim claim quickly. And I'm gonna, and here's a time limit on that. Um, get this done in you know a set up fixed amount of time, uh, so that we can put this behind us and, and compensate the injured person. Okay. And uh, and and there is a, a legal principle that if um, if an insurance company has an opportunity to settle a claim, um, and and it does not do that, and later. The claim goes to trial, and and there's a judgment that's higher um, than the demand, and, and even beyond the the insurance policy limits, um, the insurance company would be on the hook for even amounts beyond the limits because it didn't settle the claim. While we're still uh, we're all bored to death hearing that, but here's what it comes down to: so um, the the kind of abusive tactic that again we're we're hearing reports of is sending these time limited demand letters without supporting documentation okay, and then saying you had a chance to settle this claim for the amount that I demanded in the letter. Uh, but, but insurance companies are saying, you know, th- this is just an unfair tactic. If you're going to send a, a demand letter with a time limit on it, you ought to at least include the appropriate medical records and, and uh, other documentation that again, explains the claim. So the insurance company can, can investigate it and make a prompt, reasonable and fair settlement offer. And, that, and this bill, that's what it does. It, it says, hey, uh, time-limited demands have to include the appropriate documentation, and if, there, if there's things that are missing, 
insurance company can make reasonable requests for additional information, and the letters need to give uh, the company at least 60 days to make a settlement offer. Uh, and, and what we're doing there is just saying, you know, uh, Kyle, this is the way uh, most people would handle um, an insurance claim uh, if, if they weren't getting some other advice. They'd turn over the records that substantiate the claim and say, hey, you know, here's, here's a deadline to pay this. Um, but they provided information. And unfortunately, uh, we hear reports of, you know, some claimants and, and some lawyers that are, that are not, uh, and, and this is even across the country, that are not handling these things in a fair and reasonable way. And uh, that, tend, that drives up costs. Sure. And so what we're looking for is fair settlements and, and keeping the overall cost down, especially the, the costs that don't go to compensate someone, but instead just go to um, litigation that's unnecessary. This seems like common sense standards, but common, common sense isn't always common, is it? No, it doesn't. And some of it, too, is, you know, one of the things that we've spent the last uh, two years working on, too, is is trying to make a determination on some of these sort of things is, where does Montana sit compared to other states? Where do we sit amongst our peers? Um, because we need to make sure that we're not an outlier in some of these sort of things. So some of this is driven by the fact that, you know, there's some cases and some instances where, where we're outliers. And in order for us to be more competitive generally, um, you know, we need to take a we need to take a run at some of this. And like you said, um, you know, some of this sounds very commonsensical. It's like, yep. That all makes reasonable, and some of a lot of times it is. It's just a matter of of being able to draft the legislation in a way that you know you can um, um, make sure that you get that common sense inserted there, and that it will stand scrutiny um, by judges and courts later down the road. Should there be some additional litigation around it, so it's a big challenge, it's a big effort, but um, we're. We're excited to be talking. We're excited to be tackling these sort of issues, even though they're not the most exciting issues to be tackled. Understood. And we're glad that you are helping out Montana businesses with this. Todd O'Hare, President and CEO of Montana Chamber of Commerce, and Charles Robinson, Government Affairs Director. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be speaking with Senator Steve Fitzpatrick about product liability reform here on Voices of Montana. Does your home qualify for a $70 discount on your internet bill? Blackfoot Communications is proud to partner with the FCC to help ensure that households can afford the broadband necessary for work, school, healthcare, and more. For more information on this federal program and to see if your household qualifies for a discount on your internet service, visit goblackfoot.com ACP. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Back on Voices of Montana on this Monday morning, we are joined by Todd O'Hare, President and CEO of the Montana Chamber of Commerce, and Charles Robinson, Government Affairs Director for the Chamber. And joining us now is our Senator out of Great Falls. Glad to have Steve Fitzpatrick along with us this morning. Good morning, Senator. Hey, how's it going? Doing well. We've been talking with Todd and Charles about uh, SB 165 and SB 236. But you have uh, brought forth SB 216, which has to deal with product liability reform. Can you tell us a little more about that? Sure. Uh, So Senate Bill 216, it makes a series of revisions to the uh, product liability uh, statute. And what that is, is that if you're involved in a, uh, if there's an incident where 
uh, you believe that uh, you've been injured by a product or somebody claims that they've been injured by a product, and it could be anything. It could be a car. It could be a saw. It could be a, a bottle of pop. Uh, you have uh, the ability to file a claim under Montana law for what's called uh, products liability. Okay. And, and what that is is that you can uh, uh, sue and allege that a, a product has been sold in an unreasonably dangerous condition and that you suffered injury as well as that from that product. What Senate Bill 216 does is it adds in, I think, some defenses, which I think are really about making sure that you get a, a, a true fair case on, on the merits instead of having kind of a what you have now is a, a case where not necessarily all the evidence is presented. So uh, you could have a seller in the state, a manufacturer of a product in the state of Montana, and they may not necessarily get what I would think would be a, a, a true fair trial. And so this is providing some protection and distinguishing that there are differences between a manufacturer and a reseller or a retailer. Yeah, so that, that's an important thing to remember. In products liability, under products liability theories, you can sue not only the manufacturer, but also the retailer. So if you, for example, uh, if a plaintiff goes and sues uh, somebody over a defective product, they would name not only the, the manufacturer, but also the seller. And that seller could be sued even if they did nothing more than simply take the box uh, out of the mail and put it up on the shelf. Okay. Uh, and what, what this bill does is it provides some protections to that innocent seller. And, and the reason that that a, uh, a lawyer would sue a retailer who had nothing to do with the manufacturer, the product did nothing more than, you know, put it up on the shelf and sell it is because it allows them to avoid going to federal court. It allows them to keep those lawsuits in state court where I think it's generally regarded as uh, state courts are generally regarded as a little bit more liberal okay. uh, as opposed to federal court. And that reason is because the jury pools in, in federal court tend to draw from more rural areas than they would necessarily a state court. So, that's kind of the game is they, they'll always sue the local Montana business in order to keep these lawsuits in state court. So one of the things in 216 is there's an innocent seller defense. If you had nothing to do with the manufacturer of the, of the product, you, you basically can't get sued, which should really be a winner for, you know, local Montana businesses. Absolutely. And, and again, this seems like common sense, but we obviously need it in there to protect our businesses in the state. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's. I think that's always one of the really unfair parts about products liability is the the local retailer who had again nothing to do with the sale of, or nothing to do with the manufacture of the product. You just simply sold it and get get sued. You know, all of a sudden he's got to turn this claim over to an insurance company. The insurance company's got to hire a lawyer and get everything fired up. And and now you've got this claim on your uh, uh, on your claims history, which then will drive up your your insurance rates. There's also some other defenses in the bill, which I think are uh, worthy to consider, you know, one of them, for example, is 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 that you are allowed to uh, look at what the person who used the product did. The way the law is written right now, there's two defenses and they're very limited. Um, one is misuse of the product, or or whether you, um, or whether you saw the defect. You don't consider things like the conduct of the person when they used the product. So one of the things we heard about in in the hearing the other day was is that we have people that sue automobile companies. Uh, and they allege that you know the the car or the the truck has been defectively designed, and yet the courts don't allow them to offer evidence of things like whether the person was driving under the influence. I mean, we had one of the one of the cases they mentioned was a, a case involving a drunk driver uh, who sues for products liability uh, injuries, and they don't get to offer in the evidence of of the drunk driver. So, you know, we get to 
under under my bill, you'll get to comp- look at the fault of of the person who used the product. And the, you know, there's all types of other examples. You know, driving the car is a good example. You know, whether you follow the instructions. You know, a lot of products have instructions, and people aren't following them, and then they turn around and say, well, you know, you sold the defective product. Well, you know, I think the answer is no. We didn't. You just didn't follow. You didn't use the product appropriately. So that's another one of the defenses too, is whether the the person who used it uh, was at fault as well. Understandable. All right. So we have been talking about Senate Bill 165, dealing with insurance claims cooperation, Senate Bill 216, product liability reform, introduced by Senator Steve Fitzpatrick out of Great Falls, who is joining us this morning, and Senate Bill 236, which is setting standards for time-limited bans. Gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to talk more here on Voices of Montana. Does your home qualify for a $70 discount on your internet bill? Blackfoot Communications is proud to partner with the FCC to help ensure that households can afford the broadband necessary for work, school, healthcare, and more. For more information on this federal program and to see if your household qualifies for a discount on your internet service, visit goblackfoot.com ACP. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Talking with Senator Steve Fitzpatrick out of Senate District 10, Great Falls, and as well, Todd O'Hare, President and CEO of the Montana Chamber of Commerce, and Charles Robinson, Government Affairs Director for the Chamber. Senator Fitzpatrick, thank you for joining us again this morning, and tell us a little more about your work with the Chamber here over the last few years. Well, they've really been a great partner uh, in uh, helping to advance a lot of the uh, legal reform bills. Uh, they've been great on other issues as well, but, you know, I really had a, a chance last session to work with uh, Bridger Malm and Todd on uh, COVID-19 liability reform. They did a great job on that. Uh, I thought we did it. We passed a good bill for the state of Montana, which helped us uh, get Montana back open again and, and provide people some, you know, some assurance that uh, if they do reopen their business or church or school, that uh, they wouldn't be uh, sued for, uh, COVID-19 liability exposure. Uh, and this session, you know, they've got really, I think, a, a, a nice package of uh, bills that I think really, are, you know, they're not one-sided. I think these are more about making sure that our legal system is fair to a, a person, whether they're a plaintiff or a defendant. So I, I think I think the, the bills you're hearing about today are, 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 are some good bills, uh, and I think they'll really uh, do a lot to make Montana, uh, you know, a more uh, uh, business-friendly location. And these were heard in committee last Thursday. And so what's the steps from here? Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, in the in the legislative process, uh, the bills get heard in the committee and then there's a vote. Uh, if they pass out of committee, they'll move then to the, the full Senate chamber for a, a vote of the, of the whole of the whole Senate. Uh, there's two votes. There's what's called the second reading vote and then the third reading vote. But they're, they're just subsequent votes. Then they'll go over to the House and it's the same process again. There'll be another hearing in the House. Uh, and then a, a, if they pass the House chamber, then they'll, they'll go to the House floor for, for subsequent votes. So uh, we're, we're still at step one of the sure. process. Uh, there's, there are seven steps, I guess, to go. you gotta, you got you to pass uh, six votes, and then you have to get the signature of the governor. So we're in the preliminary phases, but I, I'm feeling confident about most of these bills. Well, we've been talking about this, and it seems, again, like there's a lot of common sense in these bills, but – we need to do something to drive down the costs that are involved. Charles, did you say it was we are the sixth highest in litigation costs in the country? Yeah, if you look at uh, the cost of uh, torts as uh, as a percentage of the state GDP, um, and this is a couple years ago, it, you know, 
take data a while to catch up. But yeah, sixth, um, right behind New Jersey. Wow. Well, if you can take down litigation costs, you can take down the insurance costs that are there to protect you from said litigation. And that means you should be able to put money in other areas to help not only your business, but help your communities as well. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. That's, and I think there's another um, aspect of this too, is that when insurance costs go up, um, there's a point at which businesses and individuals are, are priced out or you know, they might have a, a, healthy, um, a healthy limit on their policy to cover any kind of expected uh, liability. And then as costs go up, they might say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to buy a smaller policy. And that's, that's a problem that doesn't get discussed much. But, but then when you have someone who is legitimately injured and, and submits a claim, there isn't as much uh, insurance available to, to pay those claims. And so uh, that's, that's kind of a, that's one of those unseen consequences um, that, that is a, a problem of abusing the system. And, and insurance should be there to pay for people's injuries. 